Relay is the small business bank designed for accountants. As a QuickBooks expert, you know reliable connectivity and detailed transaction data saves tons of time when reconciling. Relay provides direct bank feeds to QuickBooks Online so you avoid endless reconnecting and testing, and their feeds include check images, memos, and clean vendor categorization, so no more chasing clients for clarity. Beyond reconciliation, Relay makes managing clients' day-to-day -day bookkeeping a breeze. Relay offers up to 20 dedicated accounts for things like operating expenses, payroll, and taxes, including 50 physical or virtual Visa debit cards, with bill pay, domestic, and international wires built in, and their accounts payable features that let you review, approve, and pay client bills, Relay completes your accounting tech stack. Relay offers accountants a dedicated account manager, 24-7 support, and your own sign-in credentials to safely and securely access your clients' accounts. To learn more about using Relay for your firm and clients, head over to uqb.promo slash Relay that is uqb.promo forward slash R-E-L-A-Y. Welcome to the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants Podcast. I am joined by my good friend, Alicia Katz-Pollock, the original, the one and only QBO Rockstar, CEO and founder of Royal Y Solutions. And I have the privilege of collaborating with Hector Garcia, CPA, the founder of Right Tool for QuickBooks. In this episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast, we're going to be talking about QuickBooks Online new features and improvements for January 2024, based on the list of features published in the Firm of the Future article in the second week of January. Hey, Alicia, how are you? And most importantly, where are you? <laughs> I am great. I am actually on site with a client. It's one of the biggest jobs that I have ever done. It's a QB desktop to online integration for a, a major um, a company that does irrigation system um, overhauls in drought areas. And I'm really excited about it. Not only are we migrating them from desktop to online, but we're actually completely changing their government grant structure. And it's incredibly exciting. I do apologize if my audio quali quality is not normal. I am in a hotel. Yeah, no, no problem, Alicia. We're Very happy to be doing this. No problem, Alicia. We understand. Uh, we got to get these uh, people converted to QuickBooks Online and got to get them up and running for the beginning of the year. So there's uh, a couple of features listed in the Firm of the Future article. They talked about new updates and enhancements to revenue recognition inside QuickBooks Online Advanced. They're also talking about a new uh, version of QuickBooks called QuickBooks Solopreneur that's coming soon. They also talked about a brand new feature to QuickBooks Online Advanced uh, called forecasting. And we're actually gonna dedicate a whole episode to that because that's actually an entire uh, new feature. And, um, and that's it. We're going to be discussing those in, uh, in today's episode. So I want to start with revenue recognition updates for QuickBooks Online Advance. I know, Alicia, you've been using revenue recognition from the very beginning. You actively use it in your firm because you take in some sort of prepayments for a whole year's worth of services. And what is QuickBooks doing now? What improvements are they bringing to make the revenue recognition feature uh, better? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so revenue recognition is available in QuickBooks Online Advanced, and I was kind of an early adopter of it 
Uh, one of the services that I offer is a site-wide membership to my training library with you know, different tiers, bronze, silver, and gold for different levels of services. And because I'm a cash-based company, I am taking all my revenue in one chunk. And even though I'm a cash-based company because I'm such a QuickBooks and accounting geek, I kind of like I run my company accrual anyway and then just file cash. So I've been putting revenue recognition through its paces. And uh, when it was first released, it's been, uh, let me actually look back and see how long it has been so that I've been using it. Um, but when it was first released, one of the problems that I was having is just it wasn't that flexible, that if I had somebody who subscribed and then canceled their subscription, there wasn't any way to tell revenue recognition to stop doing the calculations. And this is going back, it actually looks like my very first one was in late October of 2022. So it's been out for about a year. But what they discovered is that when people are having any changes to the revenue rec recognition schedule or the products or the timing, or like I said, somebody leaves and you need to do a refund, at first there was no flexibility for being able to make any changes to it. And so basically the news is that it's mostly increased functionality that now you have flexibility that if you can change the original invoice before the recognition starts calculating. Um, whereas in the beginning, you couldn't even do that. So I'm really happy about the the changes and it's definitely helping uh, with the, the, the daily real life implications of the tool. Okay, and since you know more about this, I'll read. I'll read the specific features that they're that they're um, announcing that they're new, and then maybe you can give us some deeper insight into that. And you might have already covered some. So one of them is, it says more flexibility. QuickBooks automatically calculates revenue recognition schedule, but to suit different scenarios, your client can edit a schedule after saving an invoice. While this functionality can help many kinds of business project-based businesses will benefit the most. What do you think they mean by that? Okay. So the first one is the, the changing of the invoice that, well, on the first level, you set up the product. And when you set up the product, you determine what the recognition schedule is going to be. Is it daily? Is it, is it monthly? In order to use revenue recognition, what you need to use is the service date. So you have to turn on the service date field to even use it. And so you, when the invoice is created, you have the product that has been set up for revenue recognition and you have the date that the transaction actually happened. When this was first put out there, as soon as that invoice was created, you couldn't edit it. You, if there was no date added, you couldn't add a date. You would actually have to delete the whole thing and start over again. And so now if there was no date applied, you can, you can add it, you can edit it. I believe, if I interpret this correctly, that you can only make those changes until the end of the month. As soon as the first cycle of the revenue recognition happens, then I believe it's locked. I don't think you can go back retroactively and change the entire um, series, which I think is still going to be occasionally necessary and hopefully something that they're still working on. But at least now <laughs> you're not locked into the invoice and, and done. You can edit it. So that's my interpretation of that first segment. The next one says, simplify editing and deleting. Clients can now add products or delete product line on invoice or sales receipts 
or void an invoice or sales receipt for any reason after the fact. Okay. So I think that that lends to the same thing. So with the voiding, um, as I mentioned, you couldn't change it before. And when you get into the scenario like, okay, somebody shifts from subscription level to subscription level, now you've canceled part of their payment and you're starting them on a new program. So now you're going to be able to make those adjustments to end one of the um, one of the revenue recognitions, for example, if you're starting another one. Or if you just refund them, you're not locked into having to run it for the whole year if you've given them the money back. Now, they don't mention a specific mechanism for refunding. So I assume that if you initiate the refund and you send it back to the deferred revenue account, it would probably be a manual process for you to make sure that you don't have anything sort of left over in that liability account, right? Right. And one of the things that I do personally is I actually... Um, reconcile my deferred revenues, just like I would prepaid expenses, where I take their original charge and then all of the charges that it's split into to make sure that at the end of the year, everything was recognized. And like I said, now in the register, you can actually do some of the work in the register. You can delete transactions, you can edit the transactions. Whereas before it was all 100% automation and you didn't have any control. Do you think it's safe to say that QuickBooks will probably not do any sort of proration calculation for you? Like it would still be up to us to do any, to do the actual proration calculation? Well, the proration calculation is the, uh, do you mean like in, in the case of a cancellation? Cause, or do you just mean like the splitting of the, of the transaction itself? Cause all of that's the automated part that you set up the schedule and it'll actually show you how much it's going to, um, to do the splits throughout the year. So you you can see that schedule already um, and work with it, I guess, is the, is the right way of, of seeing it. Um, I have been in there and able to make some changes to the, to the register as needed. So if I have an unusual situation, I can actually manipulate it. Yeah, yeah, I meant uh, specifically for, for refunding the prorated amount that wasn't consumed. Yeah, right now, um, if you refund for the same product, it just puts the refund right back into the revenue recognition register. And so you can use it as your own offset. And the last item here is adjustable pricing and dates. Clients can now adjust the price of a revenue recognition item before the schedule po uh, begins to post they can also revise the service date of the line item. Right. Yeah. And that was the really super important one that I was really in, in, encouraged them to do that. Like I said, originally, when you created the invoice, it was a locked invoice. As long as it, the product itself was set up for revenue recognition, you couldn't change the date or you couldn't change the dollar amount. Now they're saying, okay, if you are... Um, you can make those edits and it will incorporate it into the schedule until the schedule starts running. Once the schedule starts running, then um, it, the schedule does what the schedule does. This episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast is sponsored by ClientHub. ClientHub is workflow software for taking your accounting firm to the next level. ClientHub is both amazingly powerful yet amazingly simple. With tax season in full swing, 
You need tools to work efficiently, keep clients happy, and keep your firm running smoothly. Client Hub helps you manage your firm's workflow, track time, triage email, get e-signatures, and more. Client Hub has AI built in that saves tons of time. Client Hub can automatically draft email replies to common client questions, and the new Magic Workflow creates detailed task checklists and instructions for any new client work or unusual requests. Beyond the amazing AI, Client Hub's seamless client collaboration makes it easy to resolve QuickBooks uncategorized transactions. The simple modern interface means you and your team can start using Client Hub in no time. And with mobile apps, tracking tasks and communicate with clients is easy for everyone on your team. It's even easy for clients too. To start your free trial of Client Hub's amazingly powerful yet amazingly simple workflows, head over to uqb.promo slash client hub. That is uqb.promo forward slash C-L-I-E-N-T-H-U-B. So Alicia, since again, since you know this feature really well, uh, these three announcements are very exciting. Is there more stuff missing? Are there any other key features you think that they should be working on, or will that, that we we could probably expect they'll be adding in the next couple of months? Yeah, um, I don't think it's a, they're a hundred percent done with the editing. Like as I'm sitting here looking at my 2023 transactions, um, there were some of the ones the oldest ones from last October, November that I'm still trying to correct for when there wasn't that flexibility. So I think there's still a little bit of more work to do, but I think they've got it really close to dialed in. And the reporting itself, do you feel that revenue recognition reporting is, is strong enough? Yeah. I mean, the reporting is, is mostly just taking that lump sum and then dividing it across the number of periods that you want. And so in accrual-based accounting, that's really helpful because I don't want to just see in my monthly revenue reports, my total income for the whole year's worth. I want to see how much money I'm making on a monthly basis for through my subscribers. And so I find it really helpful. And I'm really glad that they, that they uh, created this. I'm really hoping that they flip it on its head and turn it into a prepaid expenses uh, uh, system as well. That's my fantasy. So just kind of seeing the same thing in reverse. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, if I've paid my insurance for a full year, I would love to be able for the prepaid expenses to be able to break that out into a monthly insurance expense. And guess what? We'll call it expense recognition. Hey, let's do it. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I think even beyond just expense recognition, if they figure out the mechanics for this on the other side, you could essentially do the same thing for loan amortizations, you know, whether it's you, the company who's lending money or uh, you, the company borrowing money, you could essentially load. I mean, other than the amortization schedule, which is a little more complex because revenue recognition is a linear type of calculation, just sort of like a straight line type of calculation. Um, amortization is a bit more complex or, or, or um, anything that has to do with loans. But the mechanism of entering one amount now, sending it to the balance sheet, and then over periods of time, converting that to a PL uh, or just moving from balance to PL, that's something they can do. I mean, I think the platform is going to be uh, great to uh, even expand into those areas. Sure. Well, I mean, they just introduced the fixed asset manager, which is another use of that same kind of technology. So once they get this working forwards and backwards in assets and in liabilities, uh, Using these in QuickBooks Online Advanced is, I mean, it's going to be a great reason to go to advanced for a whole lot of companies that if it automates all your depreciation, 
all your amortization, all of your, um, uh, boy, do we need a loan manager? That's my fantasy is, is being able to do the loan splits appropriately. Yeah, and accurately. Yeah, absolutely. So the second uh, big announcement here in the January 1st of the future article is this header that says coming soon, QuickBooks solopreneur. So we don't, we haven't seen it. We don't know what it looks like. This would be a total speculation uh, episode, just like we did with uh, QuickBooks Ledger about a couple of weeks before it came out. So let's, I'll start giving you some background uh, from what I understand and extrapolate from the information that's, that's been given to us. Uh, QuickBooks Solopreneur is going to be a version of QuickBooks that's focused around, let's call this the non-balance sheet businesses. So this would be for the most part, uh, people that are self-employed, maybe they get a 1099 at the end of the year. Maybe they're incorporated, but most likely it's a single member LLC. That's a disregarded entity filing on a Schedule C tax return just like a self-employed 1099 independent contractor individual will. So a version of QuickBooks that doesn't have a balance sheet, it's much less complex because obviously all the money coming in or out is simply just a category. It's not really an account per se because account is an accounting term and accounts can either be P&L accounts or balance sheet accounts. So essentially, uh, if you connect the banks and use similar mechanisms as QuickBooks Online, all you really need to do is pick a category, um, which would essentially be a P&L type of category or an expense, uh, an expense category. Um, and that's essentially what QuickBooks Online self-employed, a, a real product that has existed for many years, um, has been. However, I don't think that QuickBooks Online self-employed has been very popular or at least as popular as QuickBooks Online couple of reasons for that. One is never really got accountants to like it. And this proves that accountants are a very important part of the formula because, because think about it. If you want an accounting software to be good, the people that do accounting are the ones that should go, this is good. Okay. It's as if engineers and architects didn't like AutoCAD and some, somehow AutoCAD would be, would be, uh, would be uh, successful. Or if Graphic designers didn't like Photoshop and somehow Adobe wanted, uh, you know, Photoshop to be successful. I mean, Canva is a different, it's, it's an interesting, like, I don't want to like, you know, go off, off tangent here, but like Canva actually su succeeded at what QuickBooks Online self-employed is trying to do. Like Canva is a graphic design software built for non-graphic designers. And I assume that Intuit is trying to figure out how to unlock this really difficult thing to do, which is can we deliver accounting software to business owners without the need of an accountant. And I'm not saying to circumvent the accountant, just without requiring the accountant or without the small business owner feeling like the software they're buying from a software company requires another human being to sort of be a middleman between that person and the software. So I think that's what QuickBooks Online Self-Employed has been trying to do for many years. It's been serving this solopreneur type of um a small business owner that's, you know, again, Schedule C filer, independent contractor, single member LLC. However, um, another major problem that QuickBooks uh, uh, self-employed has had is that it's not the same platform as QuickBooks Online. So the interface feels different. Uh, there's no uh, upgrade path to go from QuickBooks Online self-employed, sorry, from QuickBooks self-employed to QuickBooks Online. What's even interesting is that it was never called QuickBooks Online self-employed. 
It was called QuickBooks Self-Employed. I think they left the online out on purpose uh, to kind of delineate that it's two different platforms. Uh, accountants were never able to, uh, to create QuickBooks Self-Employed accounts. It, it always has to be the end user that created them. So what they're trying to do with this announcement of QuickBooks Solopreneur, and again, this is speculation. This is this is my experience and Alicia's experience is trying to uh, reinvigorate or reinvent this specific market that they're targeting, but try to make it more friendly towards the I, either one be able to allow these people to be able to eventually upgrade right to QuickBooks Online if their business grows to a certain size. You know, many single member LLCs become multi member or become S corporations at some point in the life cycle. And secondly, I think they want accountants to, to be able to collaborate with, uh, with, uh, with the, with the end users. However, however, and I think this is what will throw this entire theory, um, uh, into, um, or at least it will debunk this theory here is that they're going to release this with QuickBooks live tax immediately, which is actually the opposite of an accountant friendly product. So okay. this is what so, my initial <laughs> thoughts are. What do you think, Alicia? Uh, so I've been kind of puzzled by this announcement because they've got QuickBooks Online self-employed already. They've got QuickBooks Ledger now. And there's also QuickBooks Money as well. There's another app that is that sounds to me like kind of the same thing. So I've been trying to figure out where this fits in the puzzle. What makes it different? What's the differentiator? And I'm definitely flying blind on the whole thing. But I think what you just said is the driving force on this is the fact that self-employed had no roadmap up to grow your business and move into QuickBooks Online. Like you couldn't migrate from self-employed to simple start. So my speculation, my own personal speculation is that this is kind of a, a another version of QuickBooks self-employed, but that does work in the chain of software so that if you do want to upgrade, you can. So that's my my supposition with it. Say that it's Schedule C, and that was what was special about QuickBooks Online Self-Employed is that the chart of accounts was kind of locked into rails on your Schedule C. Maybe this is another thing about it is it's Schedule C, but maybe you can still change your own chart of accounts. They eventually did add that to self-employed, but you know, it, it just made it a little cumbersome. And so I'm I'm kind of, you know, I don't want to say skeptical. I don't know what the use case is for the SKU yet. And that's what I'm waiting to find. Yeah, you're right. It's it's truly puzzling because there's also this product called QuickBooks Money and 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 when you go into the QuickBooks Money website it says business banking. So it's got the word business in it. Like I always thought business money was more, I mean, uh, QuickBooks money was just like for individuals, but, but it's sort of geared towards businesses and invoicing and getting paid and that sort of thing. So I, I, I think that too many products, it's actually going to uh, confuse the market. However, one thing that's really important uh, to mention is that the TurboTax market or the TurboTax product is expanding beyond uh, just people that make the decision, hey, I'm going to go to TurboTax and see if I can do my own taxes. Uh, what's happening is two things. Or number one, if you go to TurboTax and you go to 
small business or or business tax returns, there's no longer a quick access. I don't know if it's hidden somewhere. The ability for you to self uh, to choose the option to self prepare your small business tax return and pay a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. It's only QuickBooks. I'm sorry, TurboTax Live. So it's the assisted element of it. And now you get to see the pricing on, I mean, the pricing on, on, on an S corp or a C corp or an, or partnership return, it's $500 to a thousand dollars. So it, it looks like TurboTax is getting away from the self-serve, you know, do it yourself type of, of tax return for businesses. Okay. They still have that for the, for the individual for businesses. And I think that strategy, uh, it's aligned hand in hand with the recent announcement they made that QuickBooks Live Tax uh, was going to be launched, launching in January. So QuickBooks Live Tax essentially is just uh, selling TurboTax to QuickBooks users. Okay. And that's circumventing accountants, of course. I mean, I, I assume that in order to uh, avoid, you know, getting accountants, you know, really mad in this situation, that they're going to try not to market to account uh, to QuickBooks users that have an accountant or a pro advisor attached to it. But I'm certain that they'll miss the mark at some point. It won't be a perfect system and you know, it's going to happen eventually, no matter what. Um, but that's, that's the thing. So that's QuickBooks live tax. That's the, the essentially what they, what they announced that they're going to start marketing hard to QuickBooks users. They're going to sell TurboTax to them. They're calling it QuickBooks Live Tax, but essentially is the TurboTax platform. What I'm what I'm assuming is they don't want um, customers to see it as two different brands. So so QuickBooks. So they're gonna. So when you get your tax return done, it'll be called QuickBooks Live Tax. Essentially, they're they're, they're going to maintain the QuickBooks name at the forefront. Maybe somewhere it'll say it'll say powered by TurboTax, right, or something like that, or 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 you know, there'll, there'll be a small TurboTax logo somewhere. Or when you finally file, it'll say, uh, it'll say, you know, uh, filed by TurboTax. But essentially, what I think is they want, they, they truly, deeply want to uh, make sure that QuickBooks customers see QuickBooks as not just the accounting software, but also the compliance uh, tax software. And because a lot of a lot of self-employed individuals are not in QuickBooks Online. Uh, they are going to market them through this new QuickBooks Solopreneur product. Yeah, I mean, when I first heard the news that they were expanding the the their tax service for small businesses, I mean, they, they started it last year. Um, but my first reaction was, "Oh, great! They're competing, trying to compete with their own audience again for the accountants and the the tax preparers." But then, what, you know, they did say that it's not going to get advertised in product except to people who don't have an accountant user. So there's that. But then I also just kind of started thinking about the bigger market in general, that um, we are, you know, we, we have a problem in the, in the industry right now with the, with people leaving the industry and there's not enough accountants and CPAs out there for all of the small businesses that are getting started. And so I actually came around to feel like this is a really good solution for a lot of those micro tax clients that firms don't want to take on because they are so small. They're not lucrative. They, you can't upsell them on advisory services when they can barely afford their, their 
to have their taxes done in the first place. And so I actually kind of see this as Intuit stepping in and solving a problem in the industry with those lowest level clients. That, you know, when you, when you talk, when you hear from the thought leaders about how to grow your firm, they're always saying, you know, raise your prices, show your value, and cut off your smallest and, and clients that, that don't forward you towards your bigger goals. And then that leaves a, nowhere to go for the smallest businesses and no one to do their tax returns and nobody that they can afford. And so I actually think that this is great for Intuit to step into this void and solve this problem for small business owners. So I definitely came around to that that point of view about it. Yeah, sure. Uh, but it is solving the problem for the small business owners, providing maybe a more competitive um, uh, option uh, for small business owners to get the tax returns done, but not necessarily solving a problem or adding more tools for accountants to be successful and profitable. So again, this is a, a situation where, um, you know, I, I am a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shareholder of Intuit. So I love the fact that they're doing this. This is going to, you know, essentially this is, this is great for the company, <laughs> but uh, accountants are, are, are going to have a tough time seeing now this huge encroachment into um, what was just accounting software and who are our accounting software partners offering uh, tax services for the, you know, for the pro advisors and the accountants that do both QuickBooks consulting, bookkeeping and tax. Um, and, uh, and again, as we mentioned before, it inadvertently, our clients are going to see these offerings, they're going to see these options, and accountants are just not going to be terribly happy about this. One thing that I do want to mention, uh, so I mentioned earlier that if you go to TurboTax.com and you go to business and you try to pick one of the products, that you only see the live options uh, or the assisted options that are like $500 and above, with this QuickBooks Live Tax, if you actually go and see the website and you look at the at, at, at the small print, it says starting from 169. So what I'm assuming they're doing is they're shifting the market from if you're a small business owner and you want to do your taxes with TurboTax, you're probably going to pay 500 bucks or above. Anchor that that you know that that small business taxes are expensive or they're they're bigger investment uh, and as an added value of being a QuickBooks customer, if you actually add on QuickBooks Live Tax, you're going to get that savings because you're going to pay significantly less, maybe as a bundle type pricing and that sort of thing. So that's my take on that. And I think that's eventually where um, where QuickBooks Solopreneur is heading as well as with QuickBooks Live Tax. Well, with that being said, um, we're going to talk about on... Next episode, we'll go deep dive into the new QuickBooks Online Advanced financial planning or the forecasting. We'll discuss that in detail on that episode. But with that being said, thank you very much for attending this one and we'll see you on the next one. See you in the next one. This podcast is independently operated and is not affiliated with or endorsed by QuickBooks or Intuit Inc., any reference to Intuit and QuickBooks products are made solely for the purpose of discussing the topics related to the company and its software.